Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as promised, I wanted to get to my conversation with Robert Doerr, uh, who is the president of American Enterprise Institute, or AEI, as we affectionately refer to it. Uh, really a, uh, an extraordinary think tank uh, that many look to uh, from government, from uh, nonprofits, uh, and a host of other places uh, for just great insight on uh, things that matter, things that are going on in the world. And uh, Robert Doerr took over as uh, president uh, almost two years ago now. Uh, he took over for, of course, Arthur Brooks, uh, who went on to Harvard and uh, had Robert uh, uh, in his efforts to move everything forward. Of course, challenge of running a think tank in a pandemic uh, I, I commented that uh, it's such a challenge. One of my favorite things in Washington would be to go to AEI just to stand in the hallway. Just the conversations that go on between their researchers and their experts uh, was always inspiring. Or or to go to an AEI event. The events were always wonderful. Speakers were great. Uh, but what you really went for was that association and that connection, those conversations and the dialogue that took place uh, during the breaks or at lunch or after the event was over. Uh, and so he's done a, Robert's done a great job of moving all of that forward in a, in a virtual way as best as can be done uh, and continues to lead uh, AEI, a great institution, uh, in a significant way. Uh, and so uh, I had a chance to sit down uh, with Robert and talk through where AEI is and then really get to an area that's close to his heart, uh, and that is poverty and upward mobility, something he's uh, spent almost his entire career, almost his entire life on. Uh, but let's start with uh, just a few uh, little background pieces. Those of you who may not be as familiar with AEI, here's Robert Doerr, president of AEI, talking about the principles uh, of AEI. Free markets, free people, limited government, uh, strong American role in the world. Those are the principles that AEI scholars mostly believe in most of the time. Uh, we do believe in academic freedom, so we recruit people to come and do their best work on the issues that they're experts in. We're Washington-based, but not Washington-focused. Mm -hmm. We're committed to the United States of America. We want to make our country better and stronger and filled with greater opportunity for all. We happen to believe, by by and large, that free markets and individual liberty is what leads to the best outcomes for the most people. And we think that the history of the United States has in some way proven that. As I mentioned before, Robert uh, has spent much of his career focused on poverty, poverty programs, upward mobility, and it actually goes all the way back to his upbringing in New York. And I asked him to share a little bit of that background to get a sense of why he was so passionate about figuring out a better way uh, to help those in need. So I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and my father uh, ran an anti-poverty program in Bedford-Stuyvesant, which was one of the largest uh, slums in the, in the country at the time. And he was uh, – and his program was promoting – business development and economic development and, and self-reliance and personal responsibility. Uh, but forces were arrayed against his efforts and efforts like his, among others, uh, that were the sort of federal government top-down approach 
uh, very dependence-focused, put people on uh, assistance, uh, not focused on work as much and more on entitlement or on um, uh, rights, welfare rights. And I saw that that force hurt New York City and, mm-hmm. and prevent my father's programs from really taking off and having the success they should have. And it wasn't until – and so as I came of age, I wanted to do – get into that business to see if I could change it for the better – and big significant changes took place in the late 1990s that said to uh, uh, assistance providing programs at the state level that if you provide aid, you also have to expect something in return, that there's a, um, a, a mutual relationship. It's not a one-way street. And so uh, work requirements, requirements for a certain kind of activity for people that were seeking assistance to help them get on the path toward employment and off of assistance and further up. Yeah. And that worked. Poverty declined. Work rates increased. Upward mobility increased, um, and the city and the state of New York became stronger, as did the rest of the country. Welfare reform was a success. So to me, it's so interesting. We, we spend a lot of time uh, really kind of driving down into what is it that makes that upward mobility possible and uh, that there is this role of government. There's no question about that. Government has a role, and there are so many other institutions and organizations that can do some things better. Uh, And community is one of them. Uh, In fact, if you look at all of the research on what it takes to pull someone out of poverty or the opportunity for someone born in poverty or someone who falls into poverty to actually get out of poverty and get into the middle class and onto their version of the American dream, uh, it's pretty specific. Uh, It it starts uh, with education and then it's a social capital, then a disciplined government who isn't just handing things out and and giving people exactly what they need to stay exactly where they are. Uh, And then this community component of investing in community and making sure that communities are thriving. And so Robert and I spent a good deal of time talking about that and how that all comes together and why Utah is such an extraordinary place. Uh, One of the highest places in the world, Salt Lake City, uh, for upward mobility. Uh, and so I asked Robert about that and uh, what he looks at in terms of free markets and uh, the American dream. <laughs> free market system is working well and uh, employers are stretching for employees and training uh, because the labor market is tight. There's upper mobility all over yeah. America. Uh, we have a scholar, Michael Strain, who wrote a book called The American Dream is Not Dead. Yeah. And he's right. There, We tend to get very cynical and down about the opportunities that do exist in America. And if you tell people – of any kind, uh, that their chances are limited, their opportunities are, are, are not available, that they will believe that, mm-hmm. even though it's not true. And yeah. so we tend to uh, push a more hopeful, more positive message. And we also believe more fact-based. So I, I love all of that in terms of the, uh, the focus on the facts. You got to get the statistics. If a program, whether that's a government program or whether that's a, a private institution program, if it's not working, there needs to be accountability. It needs to be tweaked and adjusted, not just have more money thrown at it. The, the answer as to why something fails cannot be we didn't spend enough. Uh, and so uh, Robert does a great job of leading AEI towards those fact-based solutions that can actually help elevate everybody. Uh, as we got towards the end of our conversation, I kind of asked Robert uh, my favorite therefore what question, uh, really focusing on this idea of personal responsibility, opportunity, equal opportunity for all, even though we don't guarantee equal outcomes for all. Uh, and this is what he had to say. And I hope that they think that people who care about helping people who struggle economically can show that compassion and that caring by insisting that 
people remember that they have some personal stake in their outcomes mm-hmm. and that, that it's not stingy or negative or mean to say we all have potential, we all have dignity, and we can all make an effort. And then if that effort is made, we all also can help people, that there's a two-way street to helping people move up economically through various programs. Uh, so many great things from Robert Doerr, president of AEI. Uh, I love the disputing the myth that accountability and compassion, uh, those are compatible principles. And we have to realize that and having those expectations. If you want to hear the full interview, uh, we've got that up on our Facebook page, or you can go to the Therefore What podcast uh, and check that out. Full conversation uh, with Robert Doerr from AEI. Great insight. Uh, great, great stuff. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, Independent Pollster, our tag team partner, Scott Rasmussen, is going to join us talking some numbers on the pandemic. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.